Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. This is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Executive Decision, then don't listen to this podcast if you want to watch Executive Decision. Uh, If you haven't seen a 90s thriller or action film, don't listen to this podcast if you want to. Uh, because it gives away the plot of every 90s action film ever made. Uh, So, yeah, don't say we didn't warn you. Spoiler warning. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama, a podcast where two fucking idiots... (laughs) Watch every movie with the, uh, every movie, every TV series, every game, every mobile game, every short film, every funny or die clip that they can get their grubby little hands on, starring the viciously underrated leading man. Yes. Who has been put in the category of character actor for no reason other than um, lots of reasons that it's too big to go into here on a comedy podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's racism. (laughs) He should be getting 20 million a film, but he's not because of racism. Um, Anyway, this is a comedy podcast. We don't tackle those big themes here. Uh, My name is Zachary Rewain. Oh, it's John Leguizamo. The worst introduction I've ever no, done. No, I love it. You're so mad. <laughs> it is. It's bad. He should be. He should no, it's be. ridiculous. I just like that if you say the statement but then laugh hysterically afterwards, it's comedy and it's fine. <laughs> um, no, I just don't know where to go from there. Like we do the, that. The introduction is uh, I'm Zach. This is Mish. You know, I'm Donny Donna. She's my friend. Um, and John Leguizamo. The point I'm trying to say is the reason I'm laughing is this is a funny p- comedy podcast. It's light. It's frivolous. It's like, hey, our favourite actor. And then just as we've gone on, it's become this hard, harder and harder to not talk about thing that is yeah. like, it's clearly... Every just- week, every week I stop myself from being like, Hollywood is whitewashed to the shit. <laughs> and this is fucked. This is fucked. After we... Sorry, Dave, we will get sorry, to Sorry, we're just being social justice warriors <laughs> yeah. here. After I that- saw the take... So that would be like, I don't know, four episodes ago or something. I was mad because that movie was so good. There's this movie, Dave. Um, You probably haven't heard of it because Hollywood's fucked. But it's called The Take and he's the lead and he's amazing. And it is directed by the same guy as The Lincoln Lawyer. And it is as good as The Lincoln Lawyer. 100%. 100%. And the only reason... The only reason that it wasn't as successful as the, as the Lincoln Lawyer is for all the shit that Zach said at the start and then we all laughed after because we don't know how to address it. Do we want to start again? Sorry, no. I like no? This. Okay, fuck it. <laughs> fuck you, Hollywood. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm not going to get there. If you don't say it, it's fine. <laughs> I just, oh, no. 
I love you, Hollywood, but but please um, give John Leguizamo leading parts. We are joined, um, not as always, by by a guest, David Warnicke. You're part of Do Go On. You're a comedian, um, and also Book Cheats, a podcast. We were on this this week. This week, yeah, yeah. Thank you for being here, Dave. Thank you hey, for thank you here. for having me. Uh, I one thing you missed out. One of my credits is I am a big time Hollywood producer. So you oh, guys, fuck! No. Oh, I no. accused you of racism. Yeah, sorry guys. Oh no, I we're mean, going it's all, to be shunned. It's all true, but I'll shun you anyway. We've got to bury that shit. Um, Dave, it, uh, hello. Hello, great to be here. Great to have you here. You've been on recaps with Mission Zach. Or have we never had you as a guest? No, I don't think so, no. We've been on book cheats a couple of times. That's right. I don't know why Dave keeps asking us back to do that. (laughs) It's great fun. The last one we did with you went for like three hours. It was an epic. Yeah, Zach and I can't shut the fuck up. (laughs) I I think it's one of those things where like you're meant to let him talk. So the way, do you want to tell the audience about, we have no audience. Hello, Hello, audience. (laughs) But do you want to tell them about Book Cheats? Well, basically, it's it's, it's a book club podcast, but I've read the book, so the guests and the people at home don't have to. So pick a classic like a Charles Dickens or like a Jane Austen or something, and I read it. I do my own little summary, and then I tell two guests about it, so we don't have to bother reading. (laughs) Yeah. Now, now every time I've done this podcast, I've finished up and I've I've called Mish and I've gone, I think we're a bit too rude because, like, you'll get half a set and you'll be like, so... Alba Camus, and we're like, Alba Camus! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what the show is. It, was, it, it would be nothing if it was just me reading out like a summary. That would yeah. be so dull. Um, and I remember last time you were on, before this one, we did uh, an Oscar Wilde play, I believe, The Importance of Being Earnest. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, I hadn't read a book in time, so I was like, I'll just do a short one. It'll be a play. We'll get it done. Or well, it'll be like a 50-minute podcast mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Oh, it was an epic. Egg is on your face. <laughs> yeah, and it's always like, it's always, because you do plays with this usually. That's right, because you, you are theatre types. Yeah. But we're theatre types. We've done the theatre. Um, but it's always really dark because, like, we're like, ah, ha, 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 and we're, like, making jokes. And we're like, I remember when I was in second year university, I did a scene from this play. And we're like, oh, this is, dear boy, this is how you do acting. <laughs> and then you're like, and then we get, four, like, 50 minutes in, and I'm thinking, wow, this is going really well. And you're like, and then we get to act two or four. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, this is all my fault. <laughs> oh, no. that, that, if you go, if anyone who's listening to this, all three listeners, if you go and listen to uh, Book Cheats episode, The Importance of Being Earnest, starring me and Zach and Dave, obviously, um, <laughs> it is a perfect example of what happens when you ask theatre types to talk about being theatre types. It's the most self-indulgent. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's great. You get that insight and also that slight bitterness about how every, the industry is, which I yeah. enjoy as well. You're talking about how <laughs> 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 you know, no one else knows that sort of stuff, so A- I enjoy that. Actors love um, – actors are the only artisans or craftspeople in, in, in all the world that have decided that their craft is the art itself. So, like, if you're a carpenter, mm. your art is, like, making uh, – is, is, is the – like the fucking cupboards, I don't know. If you're a stonemason, your art is the the stone. If you're a painter, your art is the is the painting. Mm. Actors are the only artists where, like, if you're a director, your art is the film that you make. If you're a writer, the art is the film that you wrote. If you're an actor, the art is acting, my dear. <laughs> 
So actors love acting more than the thing they're acting for. (laughs) They're like, see, the thing about this play is it's an opportunity for me to be on stage acting. And the thing about acting is it is a window to the soul. I hate us. I hate us so much. I hate actors. I, I, really I hate actors. Do. Yeah, we're, we're we're awful people. I hate theatre types. But then what will happen is I'll go and see a really lovely little independent show and I'll really feel something. I'm like, oh, she's still got it. Like, it's still there. I still want to talk about it and all my feelings. Um, thank you so much for doing this. You're also of note because you're the first uh, – we've, we've been wanting to have you on for a while. I thought we'd had you on. To recap, so I feel a little bad about that. No, that's fine. I'm a fan of recaps. Yeah, for Maybe what it's worth, you, about it. you didn't miss much by not being on recaps. <laughs> <laughs> we feel bad asking guests. It's always like this whole thing of building up because it's like I feel bad. You've got it worked out with your book cheats thing, but I feel bad like can you watch this two-hour thing is always like a bit of a... Yeah, that you give the guest homework. You yeah. would... I've been a guest on Do Go On and I have to write a... Re, had to write a report for That's you. right. And you obviously we get people to come and do a report, but we try and get them to do a topic you're at least passionate about, which you did with Disneyland. Yes, be- yeah. Because otherwise it's literally asking you to do like a, a book report or some sort of <laughs> university essay or something. My problem was I picked something I was too passionate about and like I think I spent the entire time, like my intro was two hours. I'm like, so, okay, so here's how, let me set the scene and then it was two hours later. I'm like, oh, there was a bread ride about bread. <laughs> I have something to say about that episode. When I found out that Zach done an episode of because I'm a big do-go-on do fan, it's very, very good uh, driving to work podcast listening. Love Thank it. You. When I, I found out Zach's episode was on, I put it on and it was, this is not a joke. I didn't get through the entire introduction. It took me three days of driving to work <laughs> until Zach had finished his intro. <laughs> I was stuck in traffic, peak hour traffic for three days, <laughs> listening to Zach be like, yes, yeah, so anyway, uh, 1942. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, um, I... Really, really like theme parks. And people ask me, they're like, are you ever going to do a podcast about theme parks? And if you want to know why I'm not going to ever do a podcast about theme parks, listen to the episode <laughs> I did <laughs> of Do Go On because it's I'm, I, I, it's too much. It's oh, yeah. too much. I get overwhelmed. I'm like a 10-year-old boy. I'm like, and then and then, um, and then and then there was a car park and they thought, well, there can't be a car park anymore. We've got to make it into a theme park. <laughs> I have a genuine question for you, Dave, about the podcast, mm-hmm. about Do Go On. How do you decide what topics you're going to do? Uh, Are we allowed to ask about that? Yeah, well, thankfully, it's a double-edged sword. I like so, – so two out of the three weeks, there's three hosts, me, Matt and Jess, um, and we take it in turns. We do it in little cycles of people. Sorry, just to interject. Jess Perkins, that's of Kick-Ass 2 fame. <laughs> we Go all on. Know. We all know. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so sometimes they're voted for by people on Patreon, and you got to the the great thing about that is they decide, so you don't have to make a choice. But you also then have to find three or four options oh that God. you'd be willing to talk about mm. if they chose, because they always choose the one that you like. Oh, I've got, I've got, there's two good topics here. I'll put a third one in history. Of here we got Pino Clean Wipes. We'll put that in there for a bit of padding, and then that'll get 85 percent of the vote. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> So, um, but a lot of the time they are suggested by people, but there I think there's at last count 9,000 suggestions in a little Google form. So oh it God. is sometimes hours of wading through looking for suggestions. And That's sometimes crazy. one you just, just be like, yeah, do a report on Dave's butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, put that up for the so vote. So you haven't done that, that one yet? 85% of the vote. <laughs> 
God, unbelievable. Um, no, we just pick one of the John Leguizamo movies. It really, the way we pick is very, very um, uh, professional. Uh, we call each other on a Thursday <laughs> and say, are you having a good day or a bad day? I'm having a good day. Okay, you want to watch a comedy? <laughs> I'm having a bad day. All right, let's watch an, an early 90s drama. <laughs> That's how, that's how Zach and I decide. Oh, nine times out of ten, Mish will be like, what do you want to watch? And I go, is there anything left that's less than 90 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> she never, all she never lets me watch Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> because if it was up to Zach, we'd just watch Spawn every week. <laughs> so we're saving it. Um, I feel we- the same with Book Cheat, though. Like, I think I've read every novella. <laughs> Every, all the really famous plays from the 20th century. Like. Do you have a favourite? Oh, I'm ticking off Shakespeare's as well. You know, getting mm. less of those left to go. Favourite? Do you have a favourite uh, book that you've read? Oh, I loved Of Mice and Men. Short and a good story. Oh, it's good. <laughs> what a combo. It's you know really what? good. It, I, I, yeah, I feel you on that, man. Books are long. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's like a proper commitment. How do we- you choose your books? Uh, they are also suggested, but then sometimes it does come down to um, how much time have I got left? Yeah, we feel that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, on Thursday night, I call myself and, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm oh. feeling a short play <laughs> today. She keeps being like, we should watch the entirety of season 10 of this. What do you mean I keep? We are, we've literally committed to doing it. So there's a, he's been in a couple of, uh, mate, Johnny Legs, has been in a couple of TV like shows. season long. But season oh, long. Oh, like right. he's in two seasons of Bloodline. He's in like two and a half seasons of ER, something like that. And do you feel like you, with those episodes you'd watch the entire two and a half. We're in two minds because it's like, what do you want to, where do you want the pain to be? Because (laughs) if you split up an entire season of a show into like 10 Mm. episodes, like episode one episode, then this project, this concept goes for another year. Yeah. But if you do a series, then that means you have to watch like 10 hours between podcast Mm. recordings. Which I'm, is... I'm ready, though. I was made redundant, so I'm currently... Oh, sorry to hear that. No, it's great, because I can now commit to sitting down and watching three seasons <laughs> of ER in two days. Piss easy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> um, so we ask all new guests about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, this podcast is about John Leguizamo. Yes. Um, what is your relationship with John Leguizamo? Um... Okay, so cards on the table. When you both told me that you were doing, you're about to launch this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, by name, yeah, like I imagine a few people didn't know who John mm-hmm, Leguizamo mm-hmm, was. Yeah. As soon as I saw the face, I was like, "Of course, yeah, that guy." That's what he is in Australia. Yeah. That he's the ah, oh, yeah. And then I think the about oh, he's in these movies and oh, and he's good in those movies too. Yeah. My other relationship is sometimes people tell me that I look like him. <gasps> no. no. Not the actor, but uh, his character in Ice Age. Oh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've ever said. 
more than a fetal. Oh, that is good. You're good at this. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. That was that was the the biggest. Like, if you're a listener. That that's and, and and you're not and you're only a listener. You don't you don't have any visual mediums. That the journey of what they pictured in their yeah. mind. <laughs> so <laughs> good. Oh, okay. <laughs> like Latino oh. Australian. Yeah. Oh. Very good. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's, so, you don't look like Sid the Slot. You look like you look like um, Tybalt. You look yeah. like uh, him in Romeo and Juliet. Thank you. Handsome, you Thank slick, you so uh, little tight, twinkish. Tight little tank top. <laughs> <laughs> Your little pectoral. Oh, what an um, outfit. And we will say this. We, when we were launching the pod, like I don't think we'd even really properly recorded any episodes yet. We talked to Dave about it and he had said, if you ever have me on this podcast... Because, no, we said that we wanted to have you on because we didn't have you for recaps. We really wanted to have you on this pod. And he was like, well, if you have me on... I want to do executive decisions. Well, yes, because this is this is what I was going to say. Is usually we ask people to come on and watch a movie, and it's a bit of a beast of a thing to do. You messaged me and you probably and just said, "Yo, I just I'm I, I think you were watching it in mm. real time. Yeah. You're like I'm watching a movie called Executive Decision, mm. and John Leguizamo just came on screen, and it was like, well, then." Yeah, <laughs> you do that one. Yeah, then. You come in for this one. You've already watched it. <laughs> really, willingly, we're not going to lose a friend. I'm then building up the confidence to ask you to watch a two-hour movie <laughs> against your will, and then you've just come and said, "I've already watched it." It's like, well, then do that one then. <laughs> and I love it. It's a great movie. I'm really, really excited to talk about this. Film. Do you want to rip into the blurb? Oh, I do. So we do a little blurb, but it's not the whole podcast. It's just a little thing that Mish has written. A bit of uh, what it's about and then what Johnny had to do. I think this was Fantastic. your idea. I think this was you. <laughs> I called you when we first started this concept and I said, got any advice? And your advice was two little collabby um, things where you come on each other's podcasts one one week, which we're doing. Which we're doing. <laughs> the other piece of advice you gave was like maybe just do a little description before you get into <laughs> it. Then, can I just say, if you hadn't given us that advice, <laughs> truthfully, Zach and I would just be coming on here, just being like, ah, <laughs> no, there would be no structure. Just like, hey, this, is, <laughs> this is the only part of the podcast that has any form of structure. By the way. <laughs> Anything that gives it a sense of continuity. Yeah. we get to the end of that, they didn't even say the words executive decision <laughs> no, in that, that two-hour book. Truthfully. Uh, and, and truth be told, there have been podcasts, even with the description, that Can, that's the only thing. I'm going to bring it up again. We did an episode a while back now on a music video called Somos Anomales yeah. where... We just did not talk about it until the last three minutes of the podcast <laughs> and people got mad. And it's or I've never forgotten. <laughs> You've, and never forgiven either. I, I, it was really me that was driving. I will say, I will say it was in the Zoom era. Mm. It was in the Zoom era of yeah, podcasts yeah. where like. We, we all lost our minds a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were losing totally. our fucking minds. I'm was... listening to a US. So we're in a room together right now. I'm lis- I listened to a, a podcast called Podcast The Ride, which is a bit of an influence on this podcast because they all go for an hour and a half and not get to the ride for 40 minutes. Yeah. But every podcast they talk about 
a different theme park ride. Very Zach. <laughs> very, and, very Zach. And um, they were doing a punk, that episode the other day in the US. They're still doing it over Zoom. And they were like, they were talking, they were calling it the Zoom era. And they were saying, so funny. They were like, we, um, they were talking about how they don't, they were like, there's a couple of really good rides they want to talk about. They're like, we don't want to fucking waste it on this Zoom <laughs> stuff. So, you know, it's like, oh, I've been there, baby. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, I'm going to be reading the blurb today. Okay. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Here okay. we go. The 1996 action thriller Executive Decision is about a whole bunch of different men who at all different parts of the film make executive decisions. <laughs> Some of them are really good. Some of them just seem really fucking dumb. At what one point, you might think that Halle Berry makes an executive decision, but mostly it's just her listening to men telling her what to do when they are making executive decisions. <laughs> when terrorists take over pl- a plane with a big, intricate bomb inside it, Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal and a whole bunch of sidekicks from the 90s movies enter the plane while it's flying to save the day. It's a movie full of action, drama and the results of some very poor security screening at airports. <laughs> The bomb is so big. (laughs) So so big. They have huge guns. They get the machine guns on the plane. The bomb is literally takes up half of the undercarriage. Yeah, it's like a box that you'd have like if you had like a stuffed elephant or something. That's how big. It's so big. It's essentially a coffin. (laughs) It's huge. Uh, John Leguizamo plays Rat, a stealthy military man. 100% of everything he says in this movie is a witty quip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, his lines are awesome. (laughs) They're so good. Uh, So, discuss, please. Um, I want to launch where you you mentioned executive decision. Mm. Um, I have to say, I have to say, um, this movie has the, uh, I think, I loved it, firstly. Yep. Loved it. Great. Loved it. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about all the reasons why soon. But I have to say it has the worst example of a title being said in the movie. You know how titles are said in the yes. movie? Yeah. Um, because what happens is they're traveling along, they're going along, they're going along, and then the Secretary of State is like, God, we got to call the president. Like towards the end, he's like, we got to call the president because the plan is going awry. He's like, we got to call the president. Mm. And I think the president has to like, has to make an executive decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he turns to the camera. Yeah, and he goes, exe-. and I was like, and the reason why I think it's the worst example ever is usually those moments when the title is said, it's like, oh, it all comes together. It's like this entire time we've been building to this moment. Mm. But that is him going, no, 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 the way things have been going, (laughs) the entire plot doesn't work. It's not working. (laughs) What we need to do instead is an executive decision. demonstrating that this movie is not about executive decision of the president. Well, see, I reckon what happened was whoever wrote this movie went, executive decision is a fucking sick title. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is a sick title. Okay, well, we just have to make sure that this incredible plot line that we have... As long as it relates back to the title, like, cause, like it's like they were separate things. Yes. So then, throughout the movie, they just kept going. Oh, we'll just make him make it an executive decision right now. <laughs> oh, okay, just quickly, we'll make him make another executive decision. Like the whole movie 
is based around a series of small executive decisions. What would you? What is the definition of an executive decision? We both looked at Dave. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> an executive decision. So I think it's like taking charge, being like, well. I'm you making know. an executive decision. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I outrank you all. I'm choosing that yeah. we do this. And you can't say no because I'm in charge. Yeah. yeah that, it's, like, it's like if other people want to do something else because you're the, the big boss or you make the choices and you trump theirs. You're actually not wrong. There are a lot of executive decisions in this in this film. So many. The one executive decision that has no impact in the film is the executive decision referenced in the film. Exactly. When he says it's time for an executive decision, yeah. that's the one executive decision that has nothing to do with the plot <laughs> yeah. or the final act. Yeah. Do you know what I also didn't understand? Oh, yes, please. You know how the start of the movie, mm-hmm. they're like raiding this house, these military men. They're running into oh, yeah, this yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that got to do with any of the films? They were looking for the for the, the gas. gas. Oh, but they I got missed there, that. They got there too late and that gas ended up being in the plane as the bomb. Oh, three months later. Yeah, months later. That's why Steven Seagal and Kurt Russell have a bit of a thing because Kurt Russell's the scientist who had the intel that was supposed to be there and he thinks that Steven Seagal was late. Mm. But Steven Seagal says, no, that information was outdated. You sent us in and I lost one of my men Yeah, on that mission. Steven Seagal was not happy. Yeah. He was. The lines on his forehead were very much on display. Yeah. He was yeah. really disappointed that he didn't get to make the executive decision. He wanted to make the exec, but he made he made a big decision. Can I talk? <laughs> oh, he made one of the big oh, ones. Yeah, big one. He yeah. he he's a real like what a twist. I got to oh. say the 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 sort of uh, psycho style. You know, you think this is going to be a story about. Seagal mm. and Kurt Russell. Yeah, because at the time he's a big deal in this era. Yeah. He's yeah. like a famous action star. Yes. And it's a bit of a like a psycho twist because you're travelling along, you think this is going to be all about Kurt, um, Seagal, 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 and mm. then he he dies. Yeah, and like Dave said, he was a big hitter. So a lot of people would have gone to this movie thinking it was a Stephen Seagal movie. I think, yeah, looking if you look at the credits, it's like Kurt Russell is number one bill yeah. and then Stephen Seagal, so he's the big action guy in the yeah. movie. Imagine being like a giant Stephen Seagal fan in the mid-90s and mm. going to the movies. Imagine being a giant Stephen Seagal fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the cinema yelling, no, Stephen! Yeah, like, no! Oh, no! no! Because, <laughs> so we've already done the spoiler alert, so I'm not, I don't need to be like, oh, you know, yeah. Rhymes with mauling out of a mane. Like, yeah, he dies. He falls out of a plane. He gets sucked out of <laughs> a plane. He gets sucked out of, and they're obsessed with the device that they kept calling a sleeve. Yeah. They, just, oh they said my that God. too many times. Sleeve is in place. <laughs> so, All right. We're going to lose the sleeve. It just felt weird that they said sleeve so many times to me. So, so I should explain this concept, right? Because I think this is like, this is for me. The best part of the entire oh, film. Oh, it's, it's delicious. Please so, tell me all so about it Basically what happens is um, back in the 90s it was fun to make movies about terrorists <laughs> and, um, and uh, some terrorists, one of which, we'll get into this, is played by David Suchet. Oh, can I just say, so I don't know if you, you guys don't know this, but your favourite actor is John Leguizamo. Yeah. My favourite actor is David Suchet. <gasps> Did you do the same thing as me? Because he's in it for a flash at the start where you went, is that David Suchet? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Because I was like, that if I if I had done my description of the movie, you know, like, uh, I didn't know if it was my week to do a description or not, and I was going to open like, um, get ready for a movie that will make you say, is that David Suchet? 
<laughs> I love him. Huge Poirot fan. And seeing him out of out of that character in this new context, it was very jarring. Yeah, no mustache. No mustache. Like this will fully. come. This will come as no surprise. But my um, experience with David Suchet is from a 1998. Sexy thriller called A Perfect Murder. Oh, That's fantastic. I've never seen Poirot. So was he sexy in that, or was he not? No, was he, wasn't, he like he the, wasn't sexy. No, um, but he he plays. I mean, he, of course he was, but no, he wasn't. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but sorry, <laughs> thank you. I'm very so much. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the looks I just got, damn. So uh, Hercule Poirot is a terrorist, um, <laughs> and he takes an aeroplane by somehow. Somehow sneaking on a massive bomb and giant... Uh, huge bomb. Sorry to keep Huge bomb. Huge. This so isn't big. like big, like, oh, like a bowling ball. We're talking huge. And um, also machine guns. There's like six or seven machine guns. Oh, big, big boys, big guns. And they've taken over the aeroplane and they're in the aeroplane and then it's it's it, they've taken it, right? And then, and then they go and then everyone on the ground. Kurt Russell is a terrorism expert. He works for a think tank. Stephen Skull, he's a no-nonsense. Uh, like uh, army seals, commando, man, commando guy. kind of guy. Leguizamo and a, a cavalcade of other equally underrated actors are his like men. Yeah, um, but BD they're on the Wong, ground. That guy yeah. from Terminator Two, and he's also from Father of the Bride. BD Wong plays the pays Martin Short's assistant. There you go. Father of the Bride, and they're on the ground, but the bad guys are in the plane. And what happens is, uh, I believe, a trope. Uh, that is my I've now I didn't realize it was a trope I thought it had happened a couple of times yeah but it's a trope I've now realized what? because of this movie of 90s movies of the bad guys are there in this high concept situation mm. the good guys are here we need to get the good guys into the place with the bad guys yeah and then they go how are we going to get in the plane well lucky Steven Seagal knows Oliver Platt who is a dude who has a a, a spaceship, and that, <laughs> <laughs> and that spaceship is they've never done it for real, but that spaceship can connect to other shit moving object, and then you can climb with a pressurized a sleeve, a sleeve. A sleeve. You <laughs> climb up the sleeve, and then you can get into the plane. They've never done it before, but my God, Oliver Platt, Oliver Platt, yeah, it's Oliver Platt, and uh, thinks he can do it. But then Steven Seagal's like Oliver Platt, you got to get him first. He's like, why? He's like, just cause, and then and then it all goes bad. But I want to talk specifically about that concept, the idea of of. Uh, it reminded me. Have you seen Daybreak? No, no. Is that? I think that's the name of the movie. The one with um, Sly Stallone, where it's people are in a um, underground underground tunnel. The tunnel. Yes, I have seen that. Oh, oh, it's all coming back. Oh, so very good. Every time I'm in a tunnel. Uh, I think of this movie. I yeah. tell my partner about this movie. I go, oh, my God, I'm in a tunnel like the movie Daybreak. Basically what happens is there's an earthquake either side of the tunnel or a terrorist incident, I can't remember, <laughs> either side of the tunnel collapses and everyone's trapped in this like... Uh, like oh, I want to watch this so bad. tunnel. But oh. they're like, we got to get them out. But the only way to get them out is to send someone in. So Sly Stallone has to jump through like giant fans, but they can only stop the fans for like 10 seconds at a time or else the oxygen to the tunnel will stop. Great concept. Right. So, Incredible. I'm in. I'm in. I love that. Incredible. So then the idea is it's it's a situation where they he can get into the tunnel, no one else can get into the tunnel, and once he's in the tunnel, he can't get out of the tunnel. 
Um, and then, and then once he's in the tunnel, he has to work it out. Um, Speed has a similar situation. The Rock. Uh, with uh, oh, Nicholas because yes. yep, they've got to yep. break in with the specialist knowledge of Sean Connery, who once broke out. Yes, yes. But yeah. once they're in, that's it. Once yep. you're in, you're in. Mm. Um, the same thing happened with Speed. Same thing happened with this film. It's this concept of all right, you like rather than just have the good guy on in the situation, mm. the good guy has to get into the situation in such a way that no one else can then copy it, mm. go in with them, and they can't get back out. And this one has one of the ultimates with this spaceship sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> this scene in this movie with the spaceship sleeve and the bread clip that stops the alarm. Oh, what that little it, it's plastic a, thing. That you yeah, just, yeah, clip on. There's an alarm that starts to go off when the sleeve gets attached in the main cockpit that says, like, oh, pressure is being released. So Steven Seagal goes, take this, and gives one of his men a bread clip, yeah. who then clips it to a little thing, and they went, oh, it's all fixed. Then the bread clip falls. Of course it does, because it's a fucking bread clip. Yeah, what? It's so... It, anyway, this scene is one of the greatest scenes in cinema history. I loved it. It was... Great movie. It's Great perfect. Scene. It's perfect. So basically they're climbing up to the other plane, then, of course, like, everything starts to get fucked up and there's, like, only a couple of them up there and Steven Seagal starts to, like, clamber up and he's like, I'm going to get in. And they're like, oh, no, you can't because this other guy's passed out and I can't get in. You've got three seconds or else everyone's going to die. And then Steven Seagal says something. I don't even... Oh, what a great, great line. What when, was the line? Uh, he says, we're not going to make it. And Steven Seagal says, you are. Yeah, and then closes it. it. And, then, and then you see this incredible shot of a man just falling through yeah. the sky. He just gets sucked out yeah. of the top of this. Because I thought, all right, he'll get back into this little spaceship aeroplane and then, like, it'll be him on the ground, them above, and they'll meet up in the middle. Oh. But, no, he dies. All he's, I want, he's gone. All I wanted more than anything was in the final scene. So now we're cutting all the way to the end. But the last scene where everyone's out of the plane, they're all just milling about. And, like, some of them have scratches and stuff because, surprise, surprise, most of them survive. Um, all I wanted was from, like, across the tarmac. Steven Seagal with like a, a cast on his leg. <laughs> like, like limping forward, it's like, well done, guy. Like he survived. Because see, if anyone was going to, or it would be Steven Seagal. He just parachutes in in the last scene. He's been in the air the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the world's longest descent. <laughs> okay, so there is another thing I really, really want to talk about, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. so good. Okay, so Halle Berry plays a uh, flight attendant. Yeah. And... As soon as the terrorists, like, as soon as the plane's up in the air, the terrorists rip off their, like, civilian clothes and they're, like, carrying giant guns. Oh, that's David Suchet's got, like, this incredible beard sort of get-up type thing. Yeah. Mm. Goes into the toilet, takes it off. No one's panicking, like, hang on, didn't you go in there with a beard? Like, yeah. Because there's a few seconds before that and him announcing that he's a terrorist. Yeah. You'd think that someone would be like, hang, like someone who'd been lining up for the toilet or something would be like, sorry, what? Yeah, fucked. Um. So as soon as they're revealed as being terrorists because they're screaming stuff like, this is a terrorist attack, <laughs> like running around with guns. <laughs> Halle Berry, all the other flight attendants are kind of sitting and cowering and they're scared. Halle Berry does something that pisses off the terrorists by like hiding a sheet of the names of the people who are on the plane. She hides it. And, the, the, and David Suchet's like, where's that list? And she's like, oh, well, I destroyed it. Ha, ha, ha. Like real like... Yes, Hallie, like you stand up for yourself in that small enclosed area you can't get out of. <laughs> Go for it. Um, and he gets pissed off with her and he makes her sit down. And then five minutes later he's like, right, I need a flight attendant to do something for me. I need to trust. And he chooses the one who deceived him. <laughs> yeah. And he goes up to Halle Berry and he's like, 
you. You are going to do a whole bunch of tasks that involve you being by yourself (laughs) multiple times in the film and don't you disappoint me again. Then she proceeds to do a bunch of stuff (laughs) that pisses him off. And yet when she's like, well, I need to hand out some drinks to the passengers, he's like, all right. (laughs) Yep, okay, that's (laughs) I'm a terrorist. My plan is to blow up this aeroplane with (laughs) everyone on it, but you're absolutely right. They're thirsty. Get them some water and snacks. That's right. Who wants a ginger beer? <laughs> I, I do love that as well. There is a moment where she says to him, she's like, look, if your men need, he's like, get my men some food. And she's like, if your men need some food, the customers need some water. He's like, all right, water and chips. And then like, <laughs> like that is the moment that then gives her permission. So she just like, everyone's in a terrorist situation, yeah. but she's just walking around handing out newspapers. Mag- yeah, magazines. At one point she's like, here, have a read. And people are accepting it saying, thank Oh, thank you. you. Thank Great. you. Oh, I've already read this one. <laughs> yeah. There's one point where there's a movie playing and yeah. people are just watching the movie. And that was something very odd. So when it was like revealed, giant, giant guns, everyone starts screaming. They're panicking. They're like running around the plane oh and then God. everyone sits down and then half an hour later they're all just a little bit miffed to be on a flight <laughs> still. Like they look about as angry as anyone who's done a long oh, yeah. flight. Oh, they're already annoyed. <laughs> I was watching that movie. <laughs> All right, put it back on. It's like some action movie. (laughs) Um, I also want to talk a little bit about the twist, the twist that we mentioned that Steven Seagal dies early in this movie. I love about a, th- about a third of the way. About through. a third of the way through the movie. What did I say? No, no, no. I'm just yeah. confirming with everyone. Yeah, um, it's very much like Psycho. You think oh. he he's in the opening scene. You think it's going to be Seagal's movie, right? Structurally, that's yeah. the idea. It's very Sean Bean in Game of Thrones. <laughs> wee, wee, wee. A spoiler alert for Hurt Locker. Also, very, uh, very um, Guy Pierce in uh, the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Real spoiler alert there. Yeah, wow. Sorry. No, I haven't seen yeah, it. No one's seen The Hurt Locker <laughs> and I kind of okay. spoiled it. I spoiled Dexter for you about 12 years ago. Tom, before I say Guy Pierce, can you just like put in a little, <laughs> wee, wee, like I'm going to do the sound now. Just put this in before I say Guy Pierce. Wee, wee, wee. Uh, spoiler alert for Hurt Locker. <laughs> Can you just take that, put some <laughs> sirens under it, put it before I even mention Guy Pierce? But then also keep it in right now. Keep it in now. So keep funny. all of this in, but just just take that clip of me saying spoiler alert for the Hurt Logger. Oh. Put it before. We're so sorry, Tom. Also, Tom, <laughs> and just because, Tom, now that you're listening and you're, you're having to edit, just for the fun of it, put a little funny sound effect right now. <laughs> <laughs> just a little funny one. <laughs> Thank we you, keep him on his toes. <laughs> we so do. About every, for every four episodes where he like we literally like, just put the intro in. We're not editing. We can't be bothered. We give him one like this. It's just and so he's just complicated. Here at the studio till midnight, just like you can't. <laughs> anyway, um. so you were saying Steven Seagal dies a third of the way through. So so, but basically, like the in all of those films, when that happens, when you kill the main character, you're only left with um, character actors, you're only left with actors that aren't big celebrities. The the point of that twist is Mm. the person on the poster is dead. What kind of world is this? What I love about this movie is it's like, oh, my God, Steven Seagal is dead. The only person on that plane now is a big nerd played by Kurt Russell. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Will Kurt Russell be able to save the Sunday now? At all. That's Hollywood execs being like, well, I mean, obviously we want the audience to know that there's someone who can save the day, so we can't have an actual point extra up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he's like, and he's this big nerd with his top buttoned up and some glasses, and at one point his glasses fall down to shoot, and it's like, oh, my glasses. Like, You're oh, no. fine, Kurt Russell. And to the point where they uh, later on, when they're about to confront the terrorists, they don't have enough people because you know they've lost Steven Seagal. One of them's been incapacitated; he's got a broken neck. And they're like, we need another gun. And Kurt Russell pauses for two seconds and then goes, "What do you need me to do?" Like, <laughs> he's already an action hero. <laughs> Kurt Russell, I think, is a better action yeah. star than Stephen <laughs> Seagal. Yeah. 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 Kurt, it's like... <laughs> like if there oh. were to fight in a normal movie, yeah. Kurt Russell would win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's just Kurt. We, we've only got Kurt Russell now. So can we please talk about the detonating the bomb scene? Oh, we can talk about the whole movie. I love this movie. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Great film. It's so good. So as we said, there's this big-ass fucking bomb that made its way onto the plane. Mm-hmm. So firstly, it's an incredibly delicate bomb. Mm-hmm. So if it gets knocked even slightly the wrong way, it goes off. But somehow it managed to be put on a plane. Package handless. It just had about 80 fragile stickers on it. Yeah. Seriously, guys, this is fragile. No, I'm not mucking around. This is fragile. But somehow they didn't knock it around. Yeah, didn't knock it around because once they – so firstly, they open up this giant suitcase to see the bomb. And the guy who's been incapacitated because he's broken his neck, he literally can't move. He's the bomb expert. So he has to use a little mirror to have a look at it while Oliver Platt does the things that he tells him to do this bomb. And they, they spend all this time on this bomb only to discover that that top layer of bomb was a fake bomb. Oh, no. oh my And that God. the real bomb is just if you lift it up, <laughs> if you just lift up that top layer of just plastic, there's this really futuristic-looking intricate bomb. And it's like, oh, we're fucked. And then the bo- – so basically if these two little metal things hit each other, this plane is going to explode. But not just the plane. Apparently it can take out the whole of the east part of the United States. The east America. coast of America. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That big. It's huge. And there's that much gas. Yeah. So, like, lots of fragile stickers, <laughs> like you said. Um and they've got to try and, like, work their way through it. But there's little laser beams. If you touch one of the little laser beams, it is the most intricate bomb on the planet. And Oliver Platt, this is Oliver Platt from Dr. Doolittle 2, by the way, so he's done two movies with John Leguizamo, saves the day with a lollipop stick. Because <coughs> he's been sucking on it, like, the whole movie. Yeah. And it's they, and the funniest thing is, of course, it was going to be that because from the start of the movie they reference it. He like he doesn't just have a little lollipop stick in his mouth. He takes it out of his little cup of lollipop sticks. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a point where Kurt Russell goes, "God, he's like, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm so I'm just a big old nerd. What am I going to do with this bomb? He's like, if you have any problems, just use your magic wand. Then <laughs> takes the stick out of Oliver Platt's mouth, holds it up to the camera, <laughs> waves. It about a bit and then gives it back just in case anyone listening is a big dumb fuck. Uh, this movie is the ultimate in like um in plant like it just like <laughs> coming up with like the writer, I think the writer was like riding it, and then they were like, Oh, that's a great idea, but like, but that kind of comes out of nowhere. 
I know what I'll do. Mm. I'll go back and, uh, using a pen, just rewrite a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a bit where it's like, we're just, like, for no reason whatsoever, we, we have the, like, for no, for no link to his character, no link to his work, we just open with Kurt Russell getting a plane lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, uh, well, look, you're very inexperienced, <laughs> but you're pretty good at flying a plane. Anyway, <laughs> off you go to your counter-terrorism think tank. <laughs> and then at the end, shock horror, he has to land the plane. And they're like, but who's going to land the plane? And Kurt Russell's like, I think I can do this because of that lesson I took at the start of the film. It's literally just a lesson that has nothing. Anyway, off, uh, thanks for the flying lesson, gentlemen, <laughs> sir. I'm off to be a counter-terrorism expert now. <laughs> Oh, oh, by the way, Oliver Platt, good lollipop stick. What the heck is the point of that? <laughs> uh, so, what um, drew you to this movie, Dave? What, what, uh, what, um, what made you come to us with? The, tell us about your experience with the film. Executive decision. Uh, speed of the sky. <laughs> I like to call it. <laughs> Um, I I love speed. I love action movies. Yeah, love eighties and nineties action movies. And I've I watch them whenever I'm on a plane. And I've mm. and then I started watching them again when we were all in lockdown last year. Yeah, and I realise yeah. that it is like my brain's way of coping. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just turn off. I go on autopilot. I just I enjoy it. You don't have to concentrate too hard. There's explosions. The good guys win. It's good fun. Well, because yeah. there's elements to movies like this that's fantasy. You have to not let yourself like because none of this would ever happen. No, you can't over. And the sleeve wouldn't work for one. <laughs> yeah, well, that little tiny spaceship <laughs> that Oliver Platt made for fun yeah. <laughs> would not be a thing. But there is an element of like of fantasy to it where you just kind of let yourself believe that these big beefy nerds can do all of this totally and then i think just netflix suggested it one day it was like and i hadn't seen it until last year executive decision and i was like oh yeah steven scar kurt russell that could be cool and then i start watching it david suchet pops up i'm oh like my God. is that david suchet <laughs> yeah john leguizamo pops up. i'm like is that john leguizamo i enjoyed it so much that i sent you the message to be like mm. i want to talk about this movie i just loved it mm. yeah so would you say, like, we've talked a lot about favourite genres and stuff on this podcast. We all know I love a sexy thriller. We all know that Zach loves some sort of art house shit. I also like the horrors. You do love a horror. Would you say action is up there for Act- you? Absolutely. My, I reckon my top five favourite movies are all action films. Ooh, that's love, great. I, love, I love them. Mm. There's a lot of... Um, I, I, I was having a sort of a heated conversation with someone today. He's, he's gone on the record... Broden Kelly loves Godzilla versus Kong. I'm not a fan. Okay. I haven't seen it. Um, I just think action movies now aren't, there's something missing in action movies now. Mm. And watching this movie, I was like, this is great. Mm. This is great. And I think it's like a simplicity. There's like, as, as bombastic and stupid and crazy as it is, this movie is like simple and clear. Yeah. In it. It's like terrorists have plane, got to stop them from doing that. Yeah, that's right. There's not too much else to it, is there? No. I think it's like what Ben Russell was saying when we recorded Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Um, no, he made a really good point. He's like, there's, and I don't know how we were talking about action stars, but anything but Ice Age at that point, um, that there's like the death of the action hero. 
Do you know what I mean? That, mm. So it's not a thing anymore. And he was saying how Tom Cruise is kind of the last of the the really great action stars. And I had to think about it. And it's true and it's really sad. And movies like this, like like Zach was saying, it's like it's, it's not complicated. The Rock, though, I just remembered. The Rock. Oh, but he's so much more. But The Rock is a great action star. Great action hero. That's he right. is this, like, the the actor is bigger than the film kind of action star. Mm. So The Rock, I think, is the last one. Okay. But hopefully there'll be more. I hope so too. It's just the style of film. It's just nice. It is simple and it's, it's lovely. It's the simplicity, I think. It's mm. like, because uh, I was thinking about, I was like, why did I love Fast and the Furious 7, one of my favourite movies of all time, and not love Kong? God versus Godzilla. Mm. And I think it's like both of them are over the top. Both of them are too long. Both of them are really bombastic. But one has a very clear kind of, it's just easy yeah. and simple. The other one has Kong going into an under underground world. It's yes. really fucking weird, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, you wouldn't recommend it. Uh, personally, no, but yep. I know people that love it. So, you know, go make your own decision. And <laughs> executive decision. Make your own executive decision. But you're very good at this. What, are, what are some of your other? <laughs> I feel action... like you've done this before. <laughs> what are some of your other action movies that you like? I love uh, favorite of all time is Terminator Two. Fuck yeah! Do you think that's better than the first Terminator? Yeah, I think if they'd waited, if they could have made Terminator One after Terminator Two, just because the effects and everything just got suddenly so much better, and it still holds up. Mm. I think that Terminator One is an awesome story. Great, but but I also yeah no Terminator Two is great. Terminator, yeah, James Cameron. And I've, ta- I've said this before. I don't know if I, I think I can't remember the release order of these, but James Cameron, I think, is the best uh, dire- like at sequels. He knows how to mm. how to add. It's like, y- y- yeah, he knows how to take a film and then make the sequel that's like better. I know we've talked about sequels before, but I don't think I said this. I am of the opinion that there are two sequels that are better than the originals. Note, please note, I've never seen a Terminator film. Okay. Which is okay. awful as someone who enjoys a film. I haven't seen Terminator. So if you like action movies. Yeah, you so would love Terminator. And I've also not seen uh, The Godfather. So That's fine. Yeah. Is... But Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want cinema, yeah. skip that pish posh. <laughs> Straight to Terminator. Um, is Back, to the, lo- Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yep. think that the second one is better than the first. Austin Powers. No, hard, hard, hard. hard really? Disagree. You think the f- original is better than the, the oh, sequel? Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying the gold member. Gold member sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gold member is an awful film. I think that the second Austin Powers is funny. Can I than ask the first. which one you watched first? The second. There you go. Mark agrees with you. Mark Bonanno, I keep talking about my other comedy thing, but Mark <laughs> Bonanno agrees with you, but he made the point it's it's which one you watch first because right. the Actually, jokes are so the similar. The jokes back are over. The future, I watched the second one yeah. first as well. But yeah. Austin Powers, like the jokes are the same in the first and the second. So, mm-hmm. of course, the next, the, the one you watch second is going to be less good yep. mm-hmm. because the jokes are exactly the same. They don't surprise you. Mm. But, um, uh, so I could never say. We could never say because I watched the first one first, so I think the first one's better. And I watched Goldmember first and I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> no. Michael Caine's best work. <laughs> oh, I watched him recently in uh, on the weekend, still going through an action movie binge, a Steven Seagal film, the only film that Steven Seagal has ever directed. Oh, wow. On Deadly Ground, I think it's called. Uh, it's, and Michael Caine is the bad guy in it. I think he's trying to be an American. Still oh, cool. not 100% oh, sure. He's an oil tycoon and Steven Seagal is like a 
a guy who puts out oil fires and he's in charge of that. But it's just about him trying to take down Michael Caine who's doing all this evil shit and fucking Great. over like the indigenous either. people there to get the oil. But Steven Seagal literally punches the racism out of a man. <laughs> Um, I when I was in uh, acting school, um, the, one of the like books that are held up, like oh, you know, a great like book for actors is um, Michael Caine wrote like a little book which is his advice to actors. Oh. It's, mm. this, it's this little book which is just him giving really like you know, there's a lot of wank in acting, but his advice is really kind of concrete and clear. And mm. one of his big big things is if you can avoid doing an accent don't do an accent <laughs> and it's this whole thing that like you put all of your energy into the accent you can't just act and I remember thinking at the time oh yeah that's a good advice and then every time I see him trying to do an American accent I'm like I think that's more just Michael Caine advice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you're Michael Caine <laughs> note to him no, note to Michael Caine don't try and do an accent <laughs> um, just quickly going back to Steven Seagal because yeah. why wouldn't you why wouldn't here's well a, here's a little John like <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if you've read the... Uh... <laughs> Here's a little John Leguizamo fun fact. Oh, yes, this is Leguizamo-rama. John and Stephen hate each other. Yeah. Was that from this film? Um, they've, no, they did one before this really? and yet worked together again. Hate each other. They've got, they, got, like, they got into a famous, I don't know how famous it is, but a very, very notable punch-on on set once. Really? Yeah, Stephen Seagal got really mad at John Leguizamo for ad-libbing. I think I'm getting this story right. No, there's no, a whole I have bunch, heard that. There's a yeah. whole bunch of different articles about it. You can look it up. There are interviews. John Leguizamo has come out and just been like, I hate him. Like, he's a cunt. Like, And truthfully. by all accounts, like, like you know, two sides to every mm. story, but obviously we're going to take legs aside yeah. here. I'm team legs. Team Leguizamo. Team legs yeah. here. But by all accounts, like, there's been other, like, I think Seagal might not be the coolest guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know this might come as a big <laughs> shock to you guys. Fellas. I don't think he's that nice. I just remember there was some – I should be careful with the tone here. But, you know, there's been some things that have emerged about uh, mm. Steven Seagal in the last few years. And to not take away from the gravity of those things that have emerged, it's I've never been more like, yeah – yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That that's a that's a that man is a walking silk robe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, one hundred. That man is the biggest grub I've ever seen in my Ugh. life. Should we talk quickly about John Leguizamo in this movie? Did he beat up Stephen Seagal in real life? Did they? Ha- do you I know? Think he got a punch. I think he like. I think he. I I heard that um, John Leguizamo kept ad libbing. Stephen Seagal got really mad. And started yelling at him. Then John started laughing at Stephen for yelling. And On then, your legsy. And then Stephen, <laughs> and then and, and so and he kept being like, "Do it like the script says." And then the the director would call action, and John Leguizamo just to fuck with Stephen Seagal would keep <laughs> ad libbing and keep doing shit. And then Stephen Seagal got really mad, started screaming. John Leguizamo started laughing at him, and then Stephen punched him in the head. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. I've heard that too. That I'm, I'm, I might be like there might be other. I have a feeling there's probably more intricacy to that story than what I just said, but yeah, I think he was really good in this movie. It's a I lot of fun. Was great. I thought he was really good. Legs or cigar? Legs. legs. Yeah, legs. Yeah. They had all the good lines. They oh. had all the good. And and I thought like because he often played. I was really expecting. Oh, he's going to be. I thought he was going to be an early death. Yeah. And then he really, like, is in it heaps. Well, when they started climbing up the spaceship sleeve 
and it was very obvious, okay, this some people are going to die. I was like, well, John's going to be one of them. Like, yeah. But John got up there quick. He was yeah. he was in the whole film from beginning to end, literally he, from the first scene to the last. John, when we love that because he dies so much. But he, and he survived. And when Agal died, yeah. Leguizamo took over, and he was the leader. He was yeah. the cigar. He was the guy. Yeah, he, he was, was the, the guy. guy. What a great moment for me as a John Leguizamo fan to be like, oh, all right, uh, second in command to Steven Seagal. We're gonna yeah. hardly get anything, and then Steven Seagal dies. You're meant to be upset, but I'm like, mm. wait a second. Who's in charge now? Yeah. Also, oh my god! What does this mean for legs? Oh my god! This is this is bad for Seagal, <laughs> but al- this is great for legs. <laughs> also, can I just say we've seen we've seen the legs in action films. We've seen him in comedies, mm-hmm. in dramas. We've never seen him play an action character. Yeah. This is the first time we've ever. I'm so happy. <laughs> so and he was greater. And I thought honestly, the coolest moment in the movie was when the uh, they hear a commotion downstairs and uh, they send the pilot down yeah. to check out what's going on. And he flashes his torch. First sees Kurt Russell. He says, "We look, we look over there." And then he shines the torch on John Leguizamo, who rips up a, a Velcro patch to show an American flag to be like, oh, "I'm a good guy." But the way he rips up. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, it's cool. Such a great though. moment of like, so cool. How's yeah. he gonna communicate that yeah, he's a exactly. good guy? You might be like, oh, another terrorist. Uh, but he's like, nah, man, I got the American. Yeah, thing. yeah. And there's a I scene where he has moment. to like, yeah, so cool. It's so good. There's a scene where they like have to crawl through this top of the top of the plane, and if they drop, they'll fall through because apparently the the ceiling of a plane is made of paper. <laughs> You just punch a hole yeah. and suddenly you're He's in like, the roof cavity. What, yeah, exactly. It's like, whatever you do, don't touch the ground because you'll fall right through <laughs> and you'll fall right through to the cabin. It's like the, the roof of a plane is not made. Uh, do no. cabins have, like, attics? I never, <laughs> I, I'd never thought about they it. They keep old photo albums what? and stuff. <laughs> but when it came up, I was like, oh, that's what the top of a plane looks like. Mm. Not until this moment th- remembering, oh, this is a Hollywood movie. They could make it anything oh. out there. And, but then that, he, and John, had to, John had to crawl across a wire yeah. and he taught Kurt Russell how to do it. And Kurt Russell was not very good, but John was like, oh, it's all right. Oh, it was good. John yeah. was better than Kurt Russell. It's all right, you big nerd. <laughs> yeah, you like, big old nerd. I'm a cool military I'm man and you're a big simple counterterrorism <laughs> expert. <laughs> No. Well, luckily for everyone, this movie is really good, and clearly we would have made you want to watch it. It is on Netflix in Australia. I'm assuming. Which I forgot, and I bought it on YouTube. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Was it, was it a, uh, a rental, or do you own that movie? No, I rented it. <laughs> I own Waco, starring John Leguizamo, because <laughs> I couldn't rent it at the time, but no, I just rented it. How um, good was Waco, though? Waco was great. How good's John Leguizamo? We love John. Honestly, he was great in this movie. I loved watching him, and you're right. It was good because you had so much face time with him. And peak, like, peak uh, sexy Luigi phase. Oh, oh. So, like, for anyone who's decided to jump on. For for you. Yeah, of course. But anyone who's decided to jump on board our podcast for some reason now, um, that we've, we've. discovered in our study of the legs that there are different phases of the legs. Okay. We have um, baby, baby baby legs. Baby legs. And baby legs is like early night. He was in Miami Vice. He's a child. He's a young actor. Up just and Just started out, done a couple of Meisner classes in New York. His teeth are too big for his face and he he exclusively wears giant suit jackets. <laughs> giant blazers. They're giant huge. blazers. Always too big for him. And he doesn't he's not that attractive. He's kind of No, he looks like, like he's growing in himself. But then all of a sudden there's a certain point where he got really hot. But somewhere wow. between ninety two and ninety five. 
No, 93, because Louise... Yeah, yeah. Mario, is, so it's between so, 90... No, it's between 80-something and 93. No, 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 because Miami Vice was 1990, but then Whispers in the Dark, Full Sex, and that's 1992, and then Luigi's 1993. So we reckon around 91... And he, this is Sexy he, Luigi. He took a few months off to go into a cocoon and emerge. Right, he, yeah. Do you think he grew into his teeth somehow or something? He grew yeah. into his teeth. He Zero into, body fat. He grew into... <laughs> he right. just yeah. looking... Looking good. Yeah, schmick. That's the sexy Luigi phase. But then while he was sexy Luigi, naturally he started picking up more roles in Hollywood. Started mm. working with Baz Luhrmann. Still Got- sexy Luigi, but now we're looking at a little bit more like Leguizollywood. Leguizollywood <laughs> is a sub-phase of um, sexy <laughs> Luigi. Okay. Um, because it's still the same kind of cute, yeah. um, sexy, twinkish charm, but he's got a personal trainer now. Mm. He's got a stylist. He's got like skincare. He's elevating sexy Luigi to a Hollywood oh, yeah. level of perfection. And then, come... and that's and that's we're talking Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, ninety era. late nineties. But then somewhere in the mid noughties, we don't really know where he became a dad, and he's Dad Guizamo through and through. <laughs> and but he also did Land of the Dead in two thousand and five. And that's Daddy Guizamo because, <laughs> damn. He put those two ears yeah. together. Yeah. So he had a Daddy Guizamo phase, it's which is the, the, not, transition, yeah. the transitionary phase between Leguiz Hollywood and Dad Guizamo is Daddy Guizamo. We don't consider that an official phase. If you look at the, if you look at the, uh, the guidebook, if you look at the... <laughs> If you look at the Leguizamo guidebook, you're going to see baby legs, you're going to see sexy Luigi, you're going to see dad Guizamo. But what really happened is is sexy Luigi has two phases. It's the sexy <laughs> Luigi phase and it's the uh, Leguizollywood phase between sexy Luigi. <laughs> Between Leguizollywood and Dad Guizamo was the Daddy Guizamo phase. Now we don't really know how long Daddy Guizamo went for. We're, we're gonna, but we'll find out. We don't yeah. really know when Dad Guizamo starts, but we do know that Dad Guizamo is by far his longest phase. It yeah. happened somewhere in the mid noughties and it's still happening He's still to in this that day. Era. Yeah. Um, so that's what uh, over sixteen, seventeen years now yeah. of Dad Guizamo. Um, the other phases were much shorter. I mean, and who knows what phases will come to? Like, <laughs> there's so many. The man doesn't stop working. Yeah, what's more. the next phase of of of? Uh, mm. What is the next phase? I, I I can't. I can't. I couldn't say. That's a question for him when we have him one day when we break down for him. So you were real hot, done. then you were hot, but a bit older. Now you're old. But what's the next phase? <laughs> But hot all the way through, uh, legs, if you're listening, Dad Guizamo, I'm sure, has its fans. All we're trying to say is that you picked a sexy Luigi film and we appreciate it. Oh, no worries. I was happy to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Peak Leguizamo face. Um, Um, So what we do at this point is our Leguistamos. Yes! So um, just to reiterate... This isn't a star rating for the film. No, no. This is how leguizamo the film was. Oh, fantastic. So, it's purely on the Leguizamo factor. Yeah. So let's say hypothetically Steven Seagal's role and John Leguizamo's roles were swapped. I don't think that this would if, – if that was the case, this is not a five-star leg, – this is not a five-Leguizamo film. <laughs> yeah. But they aren't swapped. No. They are the way they are. Zach, do you want to launch out with your Leguizamo? Wow. Okay. But I think I don't want to – 
I would. I, I feel like you want to give it a five. Mm, I'm not saying anything. I know exactly what I'm going to give it. Do you want me to write it down? No, no. Uh, I'll give it mine. I'm going to give it four and a half. That's exactly what I'm giving it to. I'm giving it four and a half uh, Legostamos. I think Legs did a fantastic job. I think he, he's in it heaps. He dies. Mm. Uh, no, he doesn't die. He doesn't he die. He gets shot but survives and it's right at the end. Badass. Yeah. It's badass. It's it's awesome. The only thing that is stopping it from being a five-star film is that he's not in Kurt Russell's role. Yeah. And I love Kurt Russell, so I'm not saying that it should be. I'm very happy with this mm. film being a four and a half leg with Starmo. My 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 uh, I don't begrudge this film for having Kurt Russell because mm-hmm. he does great. Kurt Russell's great. Mm. Seagal's great. Halle Berry's great. The guy from Terminator 2 is great. Oliver Platt's great. Mm. This film is a fantastic film and it's four and a half leg with Starmos. Can I just say, uh, this was my thinking, when he got shot at the end of the film and he died, but he didn't die, I was like, okay, well, it's a four. Yeah. Like to me it was a four st- yeah. it was a four Leguistamo film yeah. because there wasn't a l- I have no idea about what rat that's his character's name went home to do after. Yeah. No backstory. There's no there's no I I have no idea what his life is. All he was was witty quips. He yeah. was in it from start to finish. Appreciate that and fuck he was good. So that was like that was four. But when he shot he killed the bad guy. He gets up he gets up and then he shoots David yeah. Suchet. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was when I was like, I felt conflicted about that. Oh right, because he's a very bad man, and he put. I thought he played that role well for David Suchet, but also mm. that would be yeah. Watching David Suchet die, that would be like hard. if 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 um, for me, mm. if uh, someone shot John Leguizamo yeah. in a movie, if Poirot yeah. shot John yeah. Leguizamo, yeah, if Poirot, if <laughs> John Leguizamo was the bad guy in a Poirot film, yeah. and Poirot shot. John Leguizamo, yeah. I'd be like, all oh, mixed feelings because I love John Leguizamo. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, what, so what, anyway, that's why stuff? that's why I give it four and a half because right. he he shot him in the end. But it's not a five. It's not five. But my God, it's a solid four and a half. Has anything got five yet? Yeah. Couple, yeah. Couple. We, so when if if it's a unanimous five Leguizamos, that's when the film. Is a Leguizamorama. Leguizamorama. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> but mind you, that sounds really clever, but we only came up with that. Oh, <laughs> I think okay. actually in that's... Jess Perkins' episode. Yeah, so yeah. the idea is, yeah, when, when it's when when it's five Leguistamos, it becomes, a, that's an official Leguizamorama. And we don't have many of them, do we? There's only a handful. There's Land of the Dead. Yeah. There's, oh, shit, what else have we done? Help. Um, the the uh, um, Latin history for morons. I was yeah. going to say his like sort of stand up shows. One man shows yeah. are clearly. That's, oh, that, that's probably the only time you're going to see him from start to finish. Unless and he like writes a, it. A one man. Yeah. Like if he's locked in like a telephone box or something for an hour yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, when he plays Captain Vegetable in yeah. uh, in an in an episode of Sesame Street. No, that wasn't. I gave that four and a half. You gave that five. Oh, so Ooh. it wasn't a leg. That wasn't a leg. Not oh, that breaks my heart that that wasn't a leg was Amarama. What would you give this? How many Leguistamos? Now I've got that context. I was thinking, what could be a five then? Now I know that like his, his Latin history show, that is a five. I would give it also four and a half stars. That's beautiful, yeah. Leguistamos. Leguistamos. Thank yeah. you. Don't wanna, don't wanna if he was in Kurt Russell's role, it would be a five. 100%. But I'm not saying that because I love Kurt Russell. This made me go, fuck, I want to go watch... Some Kurt Russell mm. films. I made me want to go and watch more Goldie Horn films. <laughs> His life partner, Goldie Horn, who I'm a big fan of. Love Goldie Horn. Love Goldie Horn. We should put her on our list of people we should watch more movies of. Oh, yeah. But them together. What a beautiful. What a Have you seen Overboard? Nah. Yeah, good good times, that film. <laughs> I love I love Kurt Russell. Love 
Goldie Horn. They're not married either. No, they've been together like for like a hundred years. And someone was like, why didn't you get married? And he was like, if it ain't broke, why fix it? <laughs> mm. I'm like, you're so cool. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> you're so cool. Okay, um, cool. Thank you so much for joining us on Leguizamo Rama. It was uh, one of the greatest privileges of my life. So thank you so much. And thank you for having us on Book Cheats. Yeah, great. Obviously, people can check that out now. We talked about Camus' The Outsider slash The Stranger. La Trancha. Oh my god Get ready for me Getting out the full wank (laughs) Oh boy Um, I'm now going to quickly pull up uh, Some reviews um, Of our podcast Um, While we're doing that Dave How can people find you? Oh they can uh, follow my podcast Probably is the best way So Book Cheat that you guys have been on now three times I think Mm -hmm. Uh, And a bunch of other classic books And plays I've covered on there And the other one is Do Go On Which uh, Zach has been on uh, to nerd out about the <laughs> Disneyland car park. Um, we take it in terms of report on a topic and there's yeah, pro- there's nearly 300 episodes. There's something for everyone, a topic probably. Did you all get together after that episode like for a meeting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. We laughed so much on that episode. <laughs> it's the bread to it. So I think the thing oh, is yes. I, I, I didn't convey it well, but... It, the 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 it's about Disney's California Adventure and um, which is uh, the Disneyland site and th- it's a shame the intro went for seventy minutes because at the end of that I say that one of the attractions was a bread tour where you get a tour of a bakery and you get to watch the bakers and the hosts of the tour on video are Rosie O'Donnell and Colin Mockery. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fuck, and it's still so there. It's the best part is because it's still there. So they've got like now the all these amazing rides. They've got Soar and they've got you can go um, be Spider Man. You can go and um, uh, join the Guardians of the Galaxy, or you can turn left and go into the bread tour. <laughs> I'd do the bread tour of Rosie and Colin. Oh, and they give you it. a free slice of sourdough <laughs> and you munch it on your sourdough while Colin Mockery and Rosie O'Donnell circa two thousand like. Sourdough has a long history in California. Some say it was the miners using old bread dough to make bread. <laughs> oh, is, my God. If honest, that isn't reason enough to go and listen to Do Go On, <laughs> I don't know what is. Or reason to hopefully open the borders here so we can get over there. I'm going to go on this tour. Oh, 100%. you got to do it. Yeah, oh. let's, let's uh, do our part, get jabbed so we can go <laughs> yeah, on the bread tour. <laughs> um, uh, this is. I'm going to read a couple of reviews uh, very quickly. We only read five star reviews. If <laughs> if if a fan has legitimate criticism we'll of only... our podcast, we'll only take that criticism <laughs> if it's in the form of a five star review. <laughs> uh, so... I like that's a great that's a great system. <laughs> so yeah, for... it's worked well so far. <laughs> if we ever start a Patreon, you can also pay us ten dollars to give your criticism. <laughs> Uh, from D Garner, why? I wasn't sure if I needed this pod in my ears and I don't, but please don't stop. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. nice. Five stars? For, uh, five stars, oh, yes. Um, uh, let's, I, I, we don't read the reviews, so I could be about to say something really <laughs> offensive. Who knows? This is from Chess underscore, ca- underscore Cowboy 27. 10 out of 10 Leguistamos. Thank you so much. It's Thank out you. of five, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew about legs before listening to this pod, but through the power of Mission Zach, I am now a huge fan. This is one of my fav pods or fave pods. 
I was listening to it when I was around my mum and she made me stop listening because I was laughing too much and excluding people. <laughs> oh, that's the most mum thing I've ever heard in my life. I love hearing you guys chat and talk about movies and I'm very excited for you guys to review Moulin Rouge especially. Please thirst over you and McGregor as well because that will make me very happy. <laughs> Every week is a true adventure getting to know a new sexy 90s thriller with sexy legs and I enjoy it very much. Both of you are awesome pod hosts. I would listen to you talk about anything, smiley face. P.S., when you talked about getting a reply from the legs on Instagram, it reminded me of when Zach once repl- replied to my friend's comment on Instagram and we both freaked out. Well, oh, Chess. You thank you, Chess. Thank you, Chess. And good <laughs> to know that it's worth getting in the comments and doing the occasional reply. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Chess. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. Um, everyone go and watch this movie. It was and, of course, great. thank you, John Leguizamo. Thank you, John. <laughs> what a guy. Oh, I wasn't recording. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.